You are Locked On Blue Jays, your daily podcast on the Toronto Blue Jays, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, Blue Jays fans, and welcome to Locked On Blue Jays, your daily dose of Toronto Blue Jays talk directly into your headspace, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Ryan Andrews of jaysfromthecouch.com, back with you for another day of talk. And eh, it's still not great talk. I mean, uh, we are going to preview tonight's game between Toronto and um, San Francisco in the second half of the podcast, but we are going to start with one of the topics that we actually discussed last night on uh, Jays from the Couch Radio, which if you haven't checked that out, it's available for download right now. And it's it was a really good episode. Me and Sean and uh, Justin Merrills, who's a rookie on the podcast, got into it pretty good. Um, I'm pretty much on form in that one. I have the black fly to thank for that. But now one of the topics that Sean brought up was just kind of a trade value ranking of the Blue Jays. And we, we talked about this uh, earlier in the month when the rumor came out that they were shopping Stroman and Sanchez and Smoke. But a name that didn't come up in that conversation was Ken Giles. And the question became, do you trade Giles, first of all? And is it possible that Giles actually nets the best package of any Blue Jay that's available right now? And you have to kind of look at it in the context of what the other Blue Jays have been doing. And like... When you look at Stroman and Sanchez, who you think as young starters would draw the most attention, would draw the best package from another team. Um, Stroman has had issues that have come up that probably rankle a lot of baseball front office types because, you know, old boys club. So you're, you're kind of left wondering, uh, how much Stroman would get, especially considering he's as frustrated in his performance right now as basically every Blue Jays fan watching. Um, And then with Aaron Sanchez, the problem with him is he hasn't been consistent enough to be able to go out there and be a starter that you know you can get six innings from every time or a guy who will give you a consistent outing. Like, uh, his game against the White Sox, 11 strikeouts is really good in six innings, but that fourth inning wrecked everything, as we talked about yesterday. So, there there are fleets um, on Sanchez and Stroman. Um, there are on Smoke, too. Smoke's a, a switching first baseman, but he's batting 224. And he's walking all right, but he's still striking out more. So, you wonder what the Blue Jays are going to be able to get for Smoke. So when you look at Ken Giles and what Ken Giles has been able to do in this season, this 
his sort of comeback season, I suppose, from the problems that he had in Houston and some of the problems he had last year after he arrived in Toronto. Ken Giles has come out and just looked dominant when called upon. Um, he's got a 156 ERA. His whip is 103, which is pretty good. His fielding independent pitching is second best on the team at 172. And the only reason he's not number one is because number one is relief ace Luke Maley at 111 for the one inning that he pitched. So Giles is clearly in form clearly at the top of his game he has a slider working he has his fastball up around 98-99 he looks jacked so with teams around the league having problems getting guys who they know will nail down the back end of a game like there there are contenders that have some serious problems in their bullpen i think about atlanta who lost Aroldis Vizcaino and demoted aj mentor they're, they're turning to Luke Jackson right now. You, you don't think they'd be interested in a Ken Giles who's at, at peak form right now, as opposed to giving Craig Kimbrell some money to come back and be cold for two months? I think they'd like Ken Giles, and I think they'd be willing to part with some of their starting pitching prospects that the Blue Jays desperately need. Because that's that's the one area of the organization where they are incredibly thin. Um, again, that's something I'm going to talk about in written form at some point this week. I'm I'm going to write again. I swear. I I still remember how to write. I just I I've done a lot of it lately, and it's just kind of getting into the season where I can take a step back and you know really focus on getting my thoughts out. So. That's the plan. That's the plan. You'll you'll be able to read me instead of having to listen. But when when like I said, when you take Giles out onto the open market and just look at the other options that are available for a starting pitcher, for a first baseman, and for a closer. There are not many options available for an elite reliever as opposed to a first baseman or or a starter because you you look at some of these lower teams there's still going to be guys who if they don't want to pay for Aaron Sanchez or they don't want to pay for Marcus Stroman there are guys that they can go to on lower teams that they probably get at a cheaper price you can get uh, an Andrew Kashner right now um, you can get one of the Oakland pitchers that's really cheap, uh, Brett Anderson or Mike Fires. Um, you can go to San Francisco and try to get Madison Bumgarner since apparently he's on the market. There are many options that you have if you're looking for a starter right now. But if you're looking for a closer, the, the options are like Giles, and Shane Green in Detroit, and I don't think you're going to get Blake Trinan off of Oakland. So, yeah, there, there's just not the market there, and the Blue Jays would be able to set a high price and get, you know, the pitching prospects that they clearly need. 
just to to help build whatever window they are looking to get in Toronto. And I again, I I think Giles can be a part of that window. He's still only 28 and he's not showing any real signs of losing velocity right now. So you can keep him and theoretically have him when Vlad Jr. is 23 and winning MVPs and Bo Bichette is up and Kevin Biggio is up and hopefully Nate Pearson's up. So having Giles there is beneficial in that sense, just as much as it's beneficial keeping Marcus Stroman as well. So it, it's a cost-benefit analysis that the Blue Jays front office is paid to make. And they have to determine whether or not they think they'll be able to get starters that can contribute in a couple years' time, either via free agency or, or via what they already have in the system or via trading Smoke or trading Sanchez. And that will be um, that that will be the key to this trade deadline that will be coming up in a couple months. And I'm sure we're going to talk about it again because we need to fill content on this show. We will do so with a preview of tonight's San Francisco-Toronto game right after this. You are Locked On Blue Jays, your daily Toronto Blue Jays podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Okay, we are back. Um, No live read today, so get your money in now if you want me to say nice things about your company. I mean, it's open. Sometimes I'll just do it, but... I would prefer to get money for it if you're listening, Bubbly. So the Blue Jays are back in action tonight. They begin a two-game series in San Francisco. That closes that kind of split interleague series thing that MLB still has to do because they can't actually they can't actually put a another team in each league, which I mean, Montreal deserves it, but um, San Francisco is, interestingly enough, switching to this kind of opener strategy that we started to see throughout the league. We've seen the Angels do it a bit uh, with Felix Pena, and it looks like the Giants are going to attempt to do it with Tyler Beattie, who was scheduled to start tonight. Um, but Tyler Beattie is very bad, at, at least at the major league level. So Nick Vincent's going to actually be the opener for San Francisco tonight. So Blue Jays haven't had the best of luck with these openers trying to face them. I mean, yeah, normally it's against Tampa Bay, but Nick Vincent's a pretty good reliever. He's been a solid reliever with San Diego and Seattle for the past seven years. So not an easy task to go against him right off the bat. But if if they can knock him out early, like limit Vincent to an inning, then if Beattie's the one who's coming out, the Blue Jays have a grand opportunity to tee off on the 26-year-old and actually give Trent Thornton some run support. 
because holy crap, they have not been able to do that at all. Trent Thornton, I believe, lowest in the league for run support, if I recall correctly. Um, but yeah, uh, Tyler Beatty's making his second start up of the season. This will be like I quote start. This will be his third appearance. He's given up nine earned runs in four and a third innings this year. He has given up 16 earned runs in 12 career innings. So Tyler Beatty is not good. Like I said, the Blue Jays should be able to beat up on the guy who spurned them as a first round pick in 2011 and went to Vanderbilt. And then the Giants took him in the first round. And, you know, again, career ERA of 12. So this is a prime opportunity for the Blue Jays to take advantage of a pitcher who's struggling much like they did with Dylan Covey, who they will be facing again on Thursday when they go to Chicago, which that that's a lovely bit of scheduling going from San Francisco to Chicago in one day. But I don't control that. So... What's going to be key is for the Blue Jays to seize on that opportunity, get Trent Thornton a lead that he can work with, and hopefully they get Texas Trent Thornton and not whenever he faced Minnesota Trent Thornton or when he faced San Francisco the last time Trent Thornton when he gave up four runs in five innings, including a home run to to Pablo Sandoval which I I don't know how you manage that. What's um actually sorry, Sandoval hit his off Daniel Hudson in that game. Joe Panic was the one who took Trent Thornton deep and was basically the thorn in his side in that game. So just intentionally walk Joe Panic this time and you'll be all right. Um but yeah, that's what I'm going to be looking for tonight from the Blue Jays. We, we obviously don't have a lineup at the time of recording, but um, I wouldn't be surprised to see uh, to see them continue using Vlad Jr. in the two-hole to continue putting Smoke and Grichuk behind him to give him that kind of protection. And I wouldn't be surprised to see Brandon Drury out in left field tonight. He hasn't been getting a lot of play. So, Drury's probably going to draw in. I I would like to see Jonathan Davis out there just to, to kind of go toe, toe for toe with Kevin Pillar just to see who can make the best catch on the day. But um, you might want to use Gritchuk's height. Uh, I'm recording this way too early. Um, yeah, you might want to use Gritchuk's height in center field in AT&T Park just because you have that giant wall in right field. So it's going to be a matter of who you think can play those caroms better. And it, it probably is Gretschuk. So I think I'd have him in right field and let Jonathan Davis's speed kind of carry him when he's making plays in center field. So that that's kind of what I'm I'm hoping for tonight. I'm I'm just hoping like the game ends before two, essentially. 
Like, if you want to just hammer out a quick 2-0 win, Blue Jays, I'd be totally down for that. And I hope y'all are down with this podcast. That's a terrible segue, but whatever. I'm going to have to stick with it. So just a reminder, if you're not subscribed to the podcast, you can do so by searching for Locked On Blue Jays on Himalaya, on Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts, iTunes, however you get your podcasts, you can find Locked On Blue Jays. We are on all those platforms. You can subscribe, you can review, you can leave a comment, really a solid ego boost. So if you want to do that, that'd be great. Um, You can follow me on Twitter at NeoAC18, that's N-E-O-A-C-1-8. You can follow the podcast at Locked on Jays on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And again, hopefully we keep the positive energy going and we get to talk about things that the Blue Jays did right tonight on tomorrow's podcast. And and just a reminder, if you haven't checked out Jays from the Couch Radio, I'm on there. I have perfected my Ken Giles metaphor. I didn't use it today because... I want you to listen to that and boost the numbers of that. But it's pretty good, if I say so myself. But the, the English degree is clearly on display. So, yeah, that brings us to the end of this episode. So for everyone here at the Locked On Podcast Network and for everyone at jaysfromthecouch.com, I've been Ryan Andrews. Thank you all so much for listening to today's episode. And y'all take care.